You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I am your favorite nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson, and uh, today I'm going to keep the intro and the outro fairly short because I have a delicious tater tot casserole with my name on it upstairs right now, and my family's waiting for me, so I'm going to edit this, and I'm going to get it out the door so I can stuff my face with delicious tater tot casserole. Now, on the show today, we are going to be talking about Grim Reaper Broadheads, and we'll be talking with Matt, their national sales and marketing manager, and uh, I guess he also does a lot of, uh, uh, from the number of deer and a- or other animals that he said he has killed, he's, he also does product development and testing, So, um, but Grim Reaper. And I tell you, I'm excited about this particular podcast because it is the first broadhead company that we've done on the show, and I always like it when we do something new and different. Uh, They're going to talk about the design, they're going to talk about the engineering, they're going to talk about the product specs, the product lineup, and a whole bunch of different other things that that we talked about. So... um, not too much to say. I hope you guys enjoy this and uh, give it a good listen. Make sure you guys are commenting below of what you think or any other broadhead companies that uh, you want me to uh, get on the show. So here's Matt with Grim Reaper. I hope you enjoy. On the phone with me now from Grim Reaper Broadheads is Matt Bateman. How's it going today, Matt? Good. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, I, I'm I'm really excited for this particular podcast because you are the first broadhead manufacturer that we've had on the show. So I'm excited because I get to ask a whole bunch of different questions today. <laughs> oh, awesome! Glad to glad to be able to talk to you and be your first broadhead guy today. Good deal. So. How we start these shows off every time is I ask you, Matt yourself how did your season go this year and uh, were you successful or unsuccessful oh man um actually i had a a great season um i was uh successful in several different states on several different species so 
killed my uh, biggest archery mule deer to date here in Utah. I killed a buck over 200 inches. Um, killed a nice bull elk up in Wyoming. Killed another decent mule in uh, Montana, a nice antelope in Montana, and uh, several whitetail out in Kansas, including a decent buck out there. So had a phenomenal year, actually. Wow. It sounds like you were pretty busy. Well, someone's got to go test all these new broadheads, you know? <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you pay for my hunt out, out west, I will test every broadhead for you guys. <laughs> well, you're, uh, I'll put you on the list of volunteer uh, broadhead <laughs> testers. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do for um, what your role with Grim Reaper is and what you do there? Yeah, sure. Um well, I am uh, the national sales manager here. I've been here at uh, Grim Reaper for 10 years now. Um, I uh, so I oversee all of our uh, key accounts and, and sales, um, but also I've, I've been here for a long time. I'm pretty heavy, heavily involved with the owner of Grim Reaper as far as uh, marketing, um, product development, and testing. Um, so I, I have my hands in a little bit of everything around here, really. But uh, my my official title is sales manager. Gotcha. So before we get get into the uh, actual specs and the the um, product lineup, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, as much history as you can about Grim Reaper, where it started, and and maybe why the company was started. Yeah, great. great. Um, well, we uh, Grim Reaper launched came out first ATA show in the year 2000. So um, we've we've been in the broadhead game for about 16 years now. Um, the owner of Grim Reaper, uh, and we're based right out of Utah, Provo, Utah. Um, the owner of Grim Reaper, um, he started the company from the ground up out of his parents' basement, believe it or not, and, and has grown it into what it is. Pretty uh, unique story. He, he uh, was actually in Wyoming, uh, doing some logging, sitting in a restaurant, uh, looking at a new catalog of some sort and, and uh, skimming through and looking at the mechanical broadheads that were available at that time. And this is, you know, back in the late 90s um, when mechanicals were uh, fairly new and, and maybe not, didn't have the reputation or respect they have now. Um, so flipping through the catalog, looking at some of the mechanicals, he, he thought, uh, you know, he liked the concept of a mechanical broadhead, but he didn't like really any of the options that were available. So um, he uh, started putting a pen to paper, made a list of everything that he could find that he thought was an issue with what mechanicals were available. And he went to the drawing board and started picking them off one at a time, finding a solution. Um, and uh, that's how Grim Reaper came about. He, he found solutions to each and every one of the issues that were associated with early mechanical broadhead and um, fixed them and, and launched Grim Reaper and started from the ground up. And, and we've worked hard over the last 16, 17, 18 years to can continue to improve and grow our brand into what we have today. Nice. So, so. into the, into the actual, I mean, I, you guys started off with a mechanical broadhead, right? That was your first Correct. broadhead that, uh, Grim Reaper came out and I see you have a fixed blade too. Um, but when, you know, when you guys sit around the table and you decide what adjustments need to be made to maybe a previous model 
or a new broadhead that you're going to to design, what are some of the things that that gets talked about? Um, you know, really, we 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 put a lot of uh, thought and and effort into, or I guess we listen a lot um, to our our to the consumers, to the guys that are actually using our product. And we're diehard hunters, so we know what we're looking for. We know what we're after, but um, we keep our ear to the ground and, and pay attention to what, um, you know, if there is any kind of weakness in our product or if guys have suggestions or uh, we, we listen to what people are saying about broadheads in general, not just ours, and we, we're constantly um, trying to find, talk about, ways that we can make our customers happier um, and that's what it really comes down to we we always are asking ourselves here when we're sitting around talking about it, what does the consumer want um, and and we try and make that happen so um, that's always been kind of one of our focuses is um, you know and, and also as the setups get more extreme and faster and with throwing crossbows at high speed into the mix and all these different scenarios we've had to adjust and make changes um, every year just to keep up with with the speed and the impact. So we're just constantly looking at um, what people need and what the setups want and, and what our customers are asking for and, and trying to come up with new ideas and better ideas to make our stuff better all the time. Gotcha. Now, you know, in the in the broadhead world, there are a lot of people who – are like, oh, I'll never shoot a mechanical or, you know, on the opposite side, people say, oh, well, I'm never going to shoot a fixed blade. It's like, it's like their favorite sports team. They're either mechanical or they're, you know, they take one extreme very seriously. Why do you, why do you think that is? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, and we've, we've tried to, uh, figure that out. We've tried to convert guys to mechanicals. We've tried to convert guys to fixed blades. Um, and in the end, uh, I think it just really comes down to people have had success with something and they, they stick with that and they like that and they believe in that. If they've had an issue, if they've ever had an issue or what they feel to be an issue with the mechanical, at that point, they're anti-mechanical. Even if there's 30 other good mechanical brands available, you know, once they've had a mechanical issue, they feel like they're not going to shoot a mechanical again. And same thing on the fixed blade side. If a guy sat and had accuracy issues with the fixed blade, even though there may be a bunch out there that'll tune and fly good for him, he might write them off and become a mechanical guy just for the accuracy. So there's a bunch of reasons. That's why we have uh, diversified our line and made both because we're not ever going to get everyone to shoot one or the other. Um, and so we've tried to offer a good variety of, both fixed and mechanicals. It'll work for anybody and everybody. Um, because till the day we all die, there's going to, this is going to be an argument in, over the campfire fixed or mechanical broadheads. And I don't think it's ever going to go away. Yeah. I, uh, I hear that now. <laughs> let's talk, a, let's talk a little bit about why someone might be a skeptic of, uh, of a mechanical broadhead. So, mm -hmm maybe early deployment of the blade or, you know, maybe they, I hear this all the time. It, it won't, it didn't open when it hit the target. So, mm -hmm. and I was told by another 
another owner of another broadhead company that it's impossible for a mechanical broadhead not to hope been you know based on some of these some of these designs so yeah. what what could you tell someone who is skeptic about those particular examples well um there's a couple things there um you know and and i think a lot of guys go into using the mechanical or think about using the mechanical and and that's a something they're instantly worried about going into it that it's not going to open or they've heard some horror story or whatever and my experience has been um yeah sure back in the day original mechanicals years and years ago there was issues they weren't great um there was a lot of things that need to be fixed but nowadays there's some incredible mechanical options on the market and, and like you were told there's plenty of them that if installed correctly on your arrow and functioning how the manufacturer is designed to function they are impossible not to open um going through an animal or into a target and uh so the first thing I would tell guys, um, you know, don't believe everything you hear. Uh, the biggest factor is human error. And, um, you know, it, it's vital that when guys are using a mechanical broadhead, they install it, they read the instructions, and they function and make sure the broadhead is working as advertised. Just take a second to do that. And if so, you're never going to have an issue. That's the story with Grim Raper. I can assure guys if you you put them on correctly and make sure the blades open and close smoothly, they're fail-proof. They're not going to stay closed going through a target or an animal. It's essentially impossible. Um, another thing um, we run into a lot with Grim Reaper is people are under the impression they don't open when they really truly did open. And we can generally always prove that to a customer with just a little conversation. Um, for instance, our broadheads, our design, you shoot it into a foam target. When the broadhead hits the foam target, it will slightly be inside the foam uh, before the blades show a full blade mark on the face of your foam target. So a lot of guys will shoot a foam target with a, a Grimmer mechanical broadhead and they'll look on the face of the target and see the broadhead basically shape in the close position on the face of their target. Obviously, when they pull it out of the foam target, the blades fold closed, and uh, um, so they assume it didn't open, when in reality, it's slightly getting into the foam before those blades are fully deployed, and, and uh, um, you just can't see that. The broadhead's opening internally, and we've showed slow-motion video footage of this in the ballistic gelatin on our website, um, another thing that commonly happens with our broadheads, guys shoot through an animal, the broadheads, your arrow and your broadhead are going, um, you know, say 300 feet per second. You pass through an animal, your broadhead comes to a dead stop or your arrow comes to a stop from 300 feet per second to zero feet per second. It's like slamming the brakes in, on in your car. Uh, it, it causes the blades to slap back forward. Um, very, very common with our products. So guys will instantly pick up their broadhead closed and, and say, oh, no, my broadhead didn't open. Um, but, yeah, when they go look at the animal, the wound channel, that kind of thing, it's it's uh, it's verified that it did open. So those are a couple of things we see regularly. Guys feel like they didn't open when they truly did. Um, but when they know how the broadheads function and, and uh, we have some information out there that shows this in slow motion, um, you know, it's always just been a long educating process to, to get guys to understand that, how they function sometimes. So, 
Gotcha. And what is it in from a mechanical standpoint? What is it that holds the blades forward? Is it like a snap, or is it a rubber band, or or what is it? Well, all of our broadheads, um, all Grim Reaper is completely based off an internal spring system. Um, so, and it's a something that only Grim Reaper has. It's a patented spring system that. Uh, retains our blades, keeps them closed. There's a spring that sits inside that collar underneath the blades. Um, when you tighten the broadhead up, it compresses the spring, and that's what keeps the blades closed. Um, so there's no rubber band, no O-ring, no clip, nothing to go wrong or break or come off in your quiver or in the woods. So once they're installed, they're extremely user-friendly. Um, there's some other real benefits to the spring system. It keeps the broadheads closed in flight but it allows the blades to open incredibly easy. It also allows each blade to cushion back independently on that spring. So when you hit an animal on an angle, uh, those blades kick back on that spring as they're opening so it doesn't push your arrow side to side. It acts as a shock absorber, so um, you're not getting your arrow kicking side to side and losing energy as those blades open. So it's a really, really unique and neat design that Grim Reaper Broadheads are based off. So you're saying that... um... Your uh, your mechanical broadheads don't lose a lot of kinetic energy upon impact when the blades are opening? Correct. It requires very, very little energy to open our blades. Um, and what happens with a lot of mechanical broadheads is when the blades are opening, if you hit on any sort of an angle, you're going to get three blades or whatever you're shooting opening at three different times. Um and so each time one of those blades goes to open, it can push your arrow that direction. And then when the next blade goes open, it pushes your arrow that direction. And you get your arrow kicking side to side. It takes forward momentum away. It takes energy away. Mm. With the Grim Raper design, when those blades go to open, that blade actually is able to cushion back on that spring, kind of like a, a spring on a truck um, suspension. Um, you hit something and, and absorbs that shock rather than, jarring the heck out of you and it's the same concept with our internal spring system um, those blades are able to cam back on that spring independently and absorb some of that energy and shock and don't kick your arrow side to side and, and let you continue having that momentum forward and, and so you don't lose a lot of energy okay makes a lot of sense now i'm a firm believer of if you put a broadhead in the right spot, you're going to kill a deer or an animal, no matter what the broadhead is. Why do you do you guys design your broadheads to to fly good or for the most amount of damage upon impact or for blood trails or for um, I guess why is it important that someone really consider using uh, or, or I tell you what. Why why would a uh, Grim Reaper broadhead perform better on a marginal shot than the rest of the broadheads on the market? Yeah. Well, um, there's a couple of things, and I, I, I fully agree with you. Uh, you know, if we shoot a deer through both lungs or through the heart, um, you're going to kill the deer. And, and so um, in that kind of scenario, it's any, any broadhead – will work. Um, some, uh, definitely can, can work better than others. And, um, but 
there's a couple reasons I would I, w- I would recommend Grim Reaper um, or Phil Grim Reaper will work better on a marginal type hit. Um, to me, on a marginal hit, a guy's better with a mechanical broadhead. Um, so, and here's why: one of the beauties to a mechanical broadhead is you get accuracy with a larger cut diameter. Um, you know, that's why mechanicals were invented. Guys thought getting good flight out of bigger fixed blade broadheads. Guys wanted to create more damage, get a bigger wound channel. In order to do that and get it to fly well, that's why mechanical broadheads essentially were invented. Um, so, like I said, if we hit them through the lungs or the heart, we, we literally shoot them with a field point and uh, it may take a little longer or they may not bleed out on the ground as good, but it would eventually kill the animal. Um, now, if, if you take and hit something marginally, especially back, uh, the more devastation you can do, the more you can cut, you're, you're increasing your odds and your chances of um, leaving more sign on the ground for you to be able to trail by a larger wound channel. You're also um, making that animal sicker quicker. It, it sounds bad, but um, you hit one back to bigger the cut down or it makes them incredibly stick really fast. And, and if you're smart about tracking and, and don't go push them, they're going to go lay down quick and be a lot closer proximity to where you hit them and the odds of recovering them are better. The less distance they travel, the odds are just better. Um, so on a marginal back hit, I'm a big fan of a bigger cut diameter. Um, liver, guts, that kind of hit, I think a bigger cut diameter can absolutely save you. Um, and, um, you know, we all know how easy a, a back hit on a deer can plug up with the intestines or whatnot. Um, so just opening up a bigger wound channel uh, can be a huge factor in recovering those animals. Now on the opposite spectrum, if a guy hits one forward into the shoulder, um, you know, that may not always ring true. A bigger cut diameter takes more energy to push through and, and uh, a guy might have a better chance of recovering that animal with a little smaller cut diameter to be able to get through that heavier bone and, and get something vital. So um, I guess there's kind of gives and takes. Um, and that's really why we offer something for everybody. We have some huge cut diameters or big, two-inch three blades and our new four-blade mechanical model that are cutting huge swaths. Um, and we've got some more moderate cut downers for better penetration on, on heavy bone hits. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk about that a, a bit, about what the broadhead is actually made of and mm-hmm. um, and why why that's important. Um, well, we actually make broadheads of a lot of diff- out of a lot of different stuff. Um, Really, what we base, uh, you know, all the material we use is the top quality stuff we can, you can get. Um, having durability behind the broadhead is, is really important, obviously. Um, but when you start going to really big cut diameters, it's hard to make one that's a big cut diameter and keep it at 100 grains. Um, and it really can't be done with uh, that well with, solid steel designs. So um, a lot of our bigger cut diameter broadheads are based off of a, an aircraft quality aluminum grade ferrule. Uh, all of ours are based off um, some kind of solid steel uh, machined tip. Um, and um, 
and then the blades are, are made out of highest quality um, stainless steel as well. And then we've added some new models, uh, a little more moderate, smaller cut diameters that are fully made out of solid steel. Um, so it just really depends on what we're looking for, or what we're trying to accomplish. But uh, it's a necessity on some of the bigger cuts to use a an aluminum ferrule for weight, but it's it's extremely tough stuff. Yeah, yeah. So just because it's made out of aluminum, you're saying it that shouldn't take the durability away. No, I. You know, a lot of guys instantly hear aluminum and they, they get nervous about the durability. Um, and uh, let's 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 I'll put it in perspective a little bit. Over the last um, 15 years that I've dealt with Grim Reaper broadheads, I've I've shot uh, myself personally. I've shot our aluminum ferrules through nearly 150 big game animals, and I've never bent. A feral, and we're talking African game, Western big game elk. Um, so yeah, they're extremely tough. It's not, it, you know, we wouldn't put them out there on the market if they weren't. Um, but a lot of guys, you know, get leery and nervous about aluminum, and they shouldn't. It's it's top grade aircraft quality stuff. Um, there's a lot of time and effort into the design to to give the feral the integrity it needs. So. Um, and then we we put a, a solid steel tip on front to uh, take impact on bone or whatever someone might hit. So, yeah, that shouldn't deter anyone. Um, really, where durability comes in, uh, the bigger cut diameter you go at a lighter weight, you start sacrificing some durability. So if you have a gigantic cut diameter at 100 grains, it's got to get scaled down and neck down to keep weight. Um, so if you're all about durability, scale it back. Go to a... Uh, more moderate cut diameter at 100 grains, and you're always going to have more durability. So, yeah, yeah. And do you feel that there is a a plateau that will be reached, or or a peak that will be reached as far as the the cut diameter? Because you hear everybody say, "Oh, it's the newest, biggest, you know, cut diameter there are there is. It's 17 inches, you know, or or <laughs> whatever the current. Uh, I think it's like three, isn't it? Isn't like there's one that's three inches right now. Yeah, I mean, there's the cut down. There's really uh, the way it's it can be misleading, um, and so I like to talk a lot about linear cut, the actual blade surface on a broadhead. Um, for quick example, a two-inch cut diameter broadhead could be two blades, three blades, four blades, it doesn't matter. Uh, the industry measures cut down there by drawing a circle around the outside blades and measuring across the circle. So a two-inch cut diameter two blade is cutting exactly two inches. A two-inch cut diameter three blade is cutting three inches. A two-inch cut diameter four blade is cutting four inches. So if you see my point here, um, cut diameter can be a little misleading to guys. Um, the amount of actual blade surface, if you push a broadhead through a piece of paper and measure how much paper was cut, that's what's really important to figuring out, for one, does a guy have the energy to shoot that much blade and push it through the animal he's hunting? And for two, what kind of durability sh should you expect it, um, at 100 grains? Um, so linear cut is what we call that, and it's the total amount of blade surface on a broadhead. So um, to answer your question, yeah, I think there is a, a, a plateau 
um, because you can only make a broadhead so big and keep it at 100 grains and make it hold up. Um, we, we've tried all kinds of materials and, and blades and different designs, um, and, and there definitely is a limit to where you can keep broadheads at 100 grains um, and, and still have the durability to, to feel comfortable selling it and shooting animals with it. So um, I don't think you'll see broadheads that can get fur deer at 100 grains. I don't think you'll see broadheads that can get much bigger than they already are. Got you. All right. Let's talk about blade sharpness. You hear terms like like space age, you know, space age sharpness or uh, surgical sharpness. It is is that is it all the same or is that kind of just like marketing talking or are, are there different approaches to sharpening the actual blades of a broadhead? Yeah, um, great question. Um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of hype and marketing that, that goes into, uh, you know, all these different blades and designs and you hear about German steel and Swiss steel and Lux blades and this and that. Um, and there's definitely a lot of marketing behind it. And, and uh, but uh, what we've done and it, we've put a lot of research into our blades um, and design and development of our blades. Um, and it really comes down to this. Uh, for one, the quality of the steel is, is the first key um, to getting a great edge. And what we call a great edge may not be what everyone else considers a great edge or, or someone that really doesn't know what they're looking at. Um, to us, we can sit and get a blade razor sharp. Or we can get a blade surgical sharp, like you hear about. Um, a blade that'll split hair, or cut hair, whatever guys want to do with it. Um, but, but one problem you run into a lot of times when you get a blade that sharp is you have to sharpen the angle or the edge of the blade to a really fine angle um, to get that razor, razor, razor edge feel. Um, as soon as that blade makes contact with anything of significance, it rolls that edge and it's no longer sharp. So we've put a lot of design and effort into designing a blade that's sharpened at an angle that not only is, is sharp to the touch and, and um, is what we would consider razor sharp or, or cut paper or cut hair, that kind of thing, but it also has enough beef to that edge to to keep its integrity. Um, so one thing we're real, we really take a lot of pride on is when you shoot Grim Reapers through something, um, hopefully you can pick up that blade after you shot through an animal and it still feels sharp. Um, if you ever pick up a blade after you shoot through an animal and it feels really dull, that's not a good thing. That means the second that blade made contact on a rib or hide or whatever, it rolled the edge and it was no longer sharp going through the animal. So in reality, that's our take on blades. Um, yeah, it's great if they cut hair, but it needs to be able to cut bone and maintain that edge. And, and that's the goal we go for with our blade design. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that a wider blade is more durable as a, you know, just like anything. Correct. Yeah. You can get a blade edge down to paper thin and it will slice your finger with just the slightest, slightest little touch. But that same blade is, is going to roll over, um, and be no, not sharp anymore. Um, the second it makes contact with anything. Uh, yeah. So I guess right now we'll go into maybe a couple scenarios and, um, 
first thing I just want to I'll, I'll get this one out of the way, and we'll talk about your fixed blade. Um, I believe it's called the Hades. Correct. Okay. Why don't you talk to talk on that blade a little bit? I know that this last year I had to shoot um, a fixed blade because I went to Idaho, and Idaho does not allow uh, mechanical broadheads for some reason or another. So I picked, I picked up a, a fixed blade and it's been the first fixed blade I've shot since that, like 2002, I think. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about your, your fixed blade? Okay. Well, and, and we actually, uh, we have our Hades and we actually just launched a whole new line, um, uh, which includes several new versions of our Hades at ATA show this year. So, um, We've got our original Hades, and now we've got our, our Pro Series stuff, our Micro Hades and our um, regular Hades Pro. Um, so I'll touch on those a little bit. Um, we uh, Grim Reaper's always been known as mainly a mechanical broadhead company. Um, but since we are one of the only broadhead-only companies left in the industry that's not been bought out or not diversified into other other products, we really wanted to create a a line of both fixed and mechanical heads that could cater to anybody out there. So um, the Hades, our original Hades, a couple of unique features. It's got a what we call a V-notch tip. Um, it's a a tip that's notched in to where you can get it extremely sharp, but yet it still busts bone. Um, our all of our fixed blades in the Hades line. Um, work on a four-point blade locking system so the blades are locked internally in two spots they're locked at the tip and they're locked um at the insert side as well so they're they're incredibly solid as far as the blade retention goes on them um and then uh one unique thing on our hades and our new hades pro is they're sharp on the back edge of the blade um which does a couple things one the obvious uh if you do not pass through an animal and that broadhead stays in the animal it's pulling around um it's cutting both directions uh, so that's that's one benefit there but a, a secondary benefit we figured out after the fact in doing some testing when we designed that blade um, it acts as an airplane like an airplane wing it's tapered so as the air flows over that blade and comes off the back edge of that blade uh, there's not any turmoil behind that blade so it flies cleaner and quieter in the air, which also helps with accuracy. So it's a very quiet, uh, accurate flying, um, but devastating broadhead. So this year we added to that, we did the new Hades Pro, which has got a little longer tip on it, um, so that on angled shots, the tip's getting started before a blade may make contact um, to eliminate any kind of deflection on, on really steep angles. Um, and then we uh, we also made them in 125 and 150 out of uh, solid steel. Um, and then on top of and then we added a four blade version this year to that line as well. So um, we also introduced the new Micro Hades Pro, which is a little smaller cut diameter, inch and sixteenth. Um, it's also available in 100, 125, and 150 grain, three and four blade and solid steel options. Nice. So we've we've actually got a really neat lineup of uh, six blade broadheads right now. 
Okay. <laughs> and you said you launched those new ones at the uh, ATA show this year? Correct. We launched the new Pro Series ones um, at ATA this year, which which uh, we just uh, made some improvements and some changes and some solid steel options and some four-blade options in our Hades line. Got you. So what broadhead has been the – that have you guys had the longest? Let's talk about that one. Uh, original razor tip, inch and three eighths, has been our. Uh, it was our original broadhead. It's the one that we've had since day one. We've made um, a lot of changes and improvements to it over the years, but it uh, it's still one of our, uh, if not our our best selling broadhead to this day. Nice. Go ahead and talk on the specs on that one. Yeah. So it's our. Um, it's based off our razor tip, which is our bone busting style tip. Um, it's a trocar tip with uh, three little bleeder blades in the front um, to uh, give it some cut on contact as well. And uh, the original model is an inch and three eighths cut diameter um, with a, a very swept back blade angle. So blade angle is meaning when the blades are fully open, uh, they're really swept back at a steep angle for penetration reasons. If you uh, um, if you look at it this way, um, your the key to penetration besides cut diameter and, and energy you're shooting out of your bow is having a good blade angle. Um, so you're slicing rather than trying to chop through stuff. So our, our original model, it's an inch and three-eighths diameter, three blades, has a really swept back blade angle, so it penetrates incredibly well. Um, it's a moderate cut diameter, so it's it's got enough beef in the ferrule on the tip to where it's extremely durable, and and it's just been our staple go-to broadhead, uh, kind of all across the board for a lot of years, and and uh, for a broadhead to maintain its integrity and its uh, name and reputation like that particular one has over the last 15 years is pretty impressive. Cool. Yeah, I I you know what I've actually I actually think years ago I I shot like 2005 or six, maybe I shot, uh, that particular broadhead. Yeah. Yeah. It's been out a long time. All right. So I want to talk about this funky one, the hybrid, uh, Mm -hmm. part mechanical, part, uh, fixed blade. Go ahead and talk on that one a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, a hybrid design is, is not, um, something totally new there's been uh companies that have tried it years ago there's been other companies that have done it recently it's been something that's been around for a while um but uh we a couple years ago decided to uh we played around with the design and and uh we decided to take kind of all the features out of our our uh hades and our mechanical broadheads that we liked and, and combine them into one um and so we came up with the hybrid design, uh, which is a two-blade fixed inch and three-sixteenths cut by a two-blade um, inch and a half cut mechanical. Uh, the mechanical side works off our internal spring system like all of our mechanicals. Um, and the Hades blades uh, are sharp on the back edge and, and have our four-point blade locking system like all of our fixed blades do. Um, the concept behind it is, you know, for the guys that just – are still leery about a mechanical broadhead, but want to try something new or try something big and devastating. 
um, this gives them the confidence to try it. They've got two fixed blades that uh, worst case scenario, I guess you could say, is is an inch and three sixteenth cut two bladed fixed broadhead. Um, and I tell guys then, well, if the, the mechanical blades open, you've got an inch and a half cut bonus. And so it's kind of one of those ones that, uh, um, you know, just intrigues a, a different crowd or, or, uh, both those guys that are not willing to try a true mechanical or guys that are just looking for something big and nasty and devastating. It, it kind of caters to both those groups. Gotcha. It's almost like training wheels on a mechanical. Correct. I mean, <clears throat> I know those blades are going to open. Right. Uh, but for the guy that's leery about it, at least he has the confidence. So, well, if it doesn't, I still have, I still have these uh, two fixed blades on here that are legal <laughs> and you know going to get the job done. <clears throat> huh. That's uh that's a that's a strange concept. <laughs> and, and as far as for my personal opinion, I just don't see why why you would do that why you would buy that broadhead. And that's just me. And I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from, but it's either like either the mechanical or the broadhead, but I, I definitely get the, get the, get the point. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not one that I uh, personally bother much with because I, you know, I, I have confidence in, in our mechanical broadheads, but yeah, we definitely, it has this niche. And, uh, you know, like I said before, we, We've tried to design a line of broadheads that cater to us, uh, and that's all we do is make broadheads. We try to design a line that caters to as many uh, many people out there as possible. Gotcha. All right. Now, the next one I want to talk about is the Whitetail Special. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Hello? You there? Yep, I'm here. Okay, sorry, I thought I lost you for a second. Yep, go ahead. Um, yeah, go ahead and talk about the Whitetail Special. Okay, so the Whitetail Special, um, you know, after having our original broadhead and, and some more moderate cut diameters for years, um, set up started getting more and more extreme. Uh, guys wanted something a little bigger, a little more devastating. That's one of the reasons they wanted to shoot a mechanical broadhead, um, and a lot of these. A lot of guys that are hunting just whitetail, um, you know, the name of the game was uh, mostly tree stand hunting. Um, some of them are hunting in, in thick stuff. A lot of times uh, shots are 20 and 30 yards. I think I read one time that the average shot on a whitetail is like around 15 yards or something. You might correct me on that. But uh, so we designed a broadhead that uh, had big devastating characteristics um, that was kind of intended for that kind of scenario, a closer range shooting on whitetail sized animals, uh, you know, something that's really devastating, something that puts them down really quick. Um, so guys aren't, you know, trying to find them in, in thick, brushy areas, that kind of thing. So yeah. we, we made this big two inch cut diameter three blade, um, and, uh, called it the whitetail special. And, uh, man, that thing has turned into, uh, the last two years, it's been our number one selling model broadhead. Um, uh, we sell piles and piles of the white tail special and, and, uh, guys just like that big, huge, devastating broadhead. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, it's a two inch cut diameter broadhead, but it's three blades. So it's actually three linear inches of blade surface on that broadhead. And it, it's quite devastating when you put it through, uh, you know, 
the chest cavity of a, a, a deer. It's just incredible. For sure. Now, the the razor cut. Let's go. Let's go into that razor cut for a moment. Okay. Um, well, after originally coming out with the razor tip, uh, there was kind of a trend in the industry of guys wanting a, a mechanical broadhead with a cut-on-contact or so-called cut-on-contact-style tip. Um, the very original razor cut models that Grim Reaper did was actually a razor blade that was screwed into the tip of the broadhead, um, which was a cool concept. It was sharp, obviously, um, but after a couple of years on the market and, and setups get more and more extreme. We, uh, the concentricity end of it and the durability side of it were hard to maintain for us on the manufacturing side. So we redesigned it and, and machined a cut on contact tip, um, out of solid steel. And that's what our current razor cut line is. It's a cut on contact style tip that's machined out of, uh, solid steel bar stock. So um, guys can actually take and touch that solid steel tip up on a little flat stone or something and make it even sharper if they like. But that's uh, that's how it came about. You kind of it's like the mechanical fixed blade thing. Some guys want a bone busting style tip, and other guys want a cut on contact style tip. So we made both options to uh, let guys pick and choose. Gotcha. So what's What's uh, and I, I don't know if you can can talk on this or not, but what's new or what's coming for 2016? Do you guys have another uh, a secret that's gonna be coming out here pretty soon, or do you got something that's gonna change the way bro- broadheads are looked at? Well, um, we're always playing and, and designing new things. We actually uh, we did actually just recently um, come out with. Uh, a pretty new, unique broadhead that uh, that we're really excited about. So far, the the uh, feedback from our dealers and the consumers that have seen it has been phenomenal. Um, and that's our new Carnivore. Uh, yeah, I haven't had a chance to take a look at it. You need to. Um, the design with the Carnivore uh, it's a, a new four blade mechanical we have, um, but it's quite unique only something that uh we can we can do the way we've done it because of our internal spring system it's uh a staggered four blade so on this design we've got two longer blades that are inch and a half cut diameter offset by two shorter blades that are inch and a quarter cut diameter all four of those blades are sitting on our same spring system on one spring so as this Carnivore hits and makes contact, and those two longer blades hit the animal first. They compress the internal spring, releasing the two shorter blades before contact. So now you're opening four blades with the energy of two, plus you're releasing those two shorter blades before they make contact. They open on the with the touch of a hair. We're seeing incredible entrance holes. We're seeing a devastating big square wound channel all the way from start to finish. Um, it's just really, really impressive how this broadhead works. So um, we just put that out here uh, in the last couple months, and uh, we haven't shipped any of them out, but we have posted a couple pictures on our Facebook page. Um, we've uh, we've been selling them to dealers uh, to uh, ship out this spring. 
So we're really, really excited about this new design, and, and we think it's really revolutionary how it how it's designed, how it opens, the wind channel it puts in an animal. It's incredibly impressive. I shot several deer with it this last fall, and, and uh, man, it's one of the most impressive broadheads I've ever seen in my life. Perfect. Perfect. So, so and, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and there's a few others we're working on, but we're not ready to, to talk about those ones quite yet. So. You're going to make us wait on that. Yeah, we'll make you wait. We'll make you play with these new ones for a little while first. Gotcha. Now, I think you guys are made in the USA. That's correct. We uh truly 100% made in the USA. Uh, one thing uh, unique about Grim Reaper is we have our own machine shop, our own manufacturing facility. We make everything in-house. Um, uh, so... You know, we we can pay great attention to detail and the quality of our products. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, 100% made in the USA, and we're really proud of that. Yeah, that's definitely something to be proud of. Um, Last thing here, a guy, you know, whether he's new to to, uh, archery or he wants to make a change and he's looking for his next broadhead, you know, you walk into these – these uh, sporting goods stores or in their archery departments. And there is literally an aisle or two that is all different types of broadheads. Why should this guy consider using a Grim Reaper? Uh, great question. Um, yeah, obviously I'm a, a little biased here, but um, we, uh, you know, one thing I would tell him, um, yeah, there's a lot of great broadheads out there and, um, there's some good companies and, and some good products, and, and we get that. Um, Grim Reaper is is always based our broadheads, our quality off of truly. We're all diehard hunters that are, are um, designing the products around true real world hunting scenarios. Um, we've uh, our whole model as a company has been to grow the company off of a, a quality product we haven't had the marketing power or dollars to go out and market and buy our customer we truly built what we have off of a, a, a true quality product um you know so the products that are made by hunters we take pride in and they're 100 made in the usa we uh um, we've been in around a long time and we put a lot of pride and effort into into making quality products and uh, you'll also be hard-fetched to find a company that will um stand behind their products like Grim Reaper will. So um, I'm not going to tell guys that there's not other good products out there. There's not other good stuff that will work, but I can assure them uh, we've put the time, the effort, and the energy into our product line to make sure guys are going to have good experiences with them, to make sure they're worthy products to go out into the field and do what guys expect of them. Um, and, and we really take a lot of pride in that. So, um, you know, we really sell ourselves as a company, not just off this little hype or this little digit or gas you know we just we just really sell our ourselves as a, a company that's proud of what we do and, and that's what i tell customers you know do your research look around go talk to other consumers get on some of these forums and ask about grim reaper and i think what you'll find out there is a whole lot of uh really satisfied guys really diehard grim reaper guys and that speaks volumes for our company and for our products perfect Pretty good explanation, if you ask me. Well, I tell you what, I think we covered just about uh, 
everything that uh, we needed to cover. Is there? Uh, do you guys have uh, like a warranty, or uh, if if you open a package and a, a blade breaks or something like that, what's a guy going to do? Well, um, you know, warranty is is uh, another thing we customer service is something we take pride in. Um, you know, obviously, um, we our warranty and our policy on all of our packaging and stuff states that you're buying one of the best products money can buy, and if you're not satisfied with the product or you have a problem with the product, we stand behind it 100%, and we truly do. Um, so, yeah, if someone has an issue with a new product or they don't feel the product performed like it should have, they just simply need to contact us um, on the phone or via email or um, through our website, and uh, we will do all we can to back them up and, and stand behind our products. Um, and, and we warranty anything that uh, we feel or, or the customer feels shouldn't have happened in, in standard, you know, in a standard hunting use. If someone plows their broadhead into a, a rock and, and calls me and complains that <clears throat> they damaged it, well, that might be a, a little different. But, uh, you know, we're really, really good about taking care of our customers. And I think, you know, if guys do a little research, they'll see that as well. Sounds good. Well, Matt, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to uh, talk with us today. Yeah, you're welcome, Dan. Sure, uh, sure appreciate you having us, and uh, um, glad we got a chance to talk to you. And that's another podcast in the books. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. Now, Grim Reaper this week has decided to take part in this week's giveaway, and uh, they have decided to give away two packs of broadheads to two different winners. So I'm going to be picking two winners this week, and uh, they're, they're going to let you pick whatever broadheads you want, and uh, they'll send the package directly to your doorstep, and uh, a nice way for you guys to get some free broadheads. Now, how do you win? It's fairly simple. I do it every week, and uh, this week, it's two things. The first thing is to share the Facebook post on the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page that mentions this Grim Reaper broadhead. All you have to do is share it. Click share, and then hit enter, basically, and that's one step down. Then, you need to follow that link to the NineFingerChronicles.com page that that uh, mentions this podcast and in the comment section comment hashtag grim reaper and uh, by doing those two things you will be entered in the giveaway so first i'll check to see if you shared it then i'll check to see if you left a comment in the comment sections hashtag grim reaper and uh, then i'll pick uh, all those names i'll put them in a hat and i'll pick the winner so Good luck to everybody who uh, participates in that. Thanks again for Grim Reaper for taking time out to do this podcast. And uh, make sure you guys go to my Instagram page and start following me there. A lot of cool pictures I take throughout my, I guess, my yearly journey as an outdoorsman. Uh, this this weekend, we went shed hunting with the fam. And uh, although we didn't uh, find any sheds, it was an awesome experience to get my daughter out in the timber for really, truly the first time. She just turned three. And my son, who is 10 months, was uh, on mama's back in a little car carrier. So it was a family event. We didn't find any sheds, but it was gorgeous out. And uh, 
So, yeah, I take all those pictures. I also uh, follow me on Twitter. Make sure you guys like the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page. And uh, what else, what else, what else? Go and visit all the blogs I write on ninefingerchronicles.com. And uh, that's about it. I hope everybody has a great week. I know Monday's really blow, but uh, hopefully this lightens that blow. And uh, other than that, wear your damn safety harness. 